in this series, Kingdom Living, right? The Bible says that you are to be in this world but not of this world, right? You have a different kingdom. You live in the kingdom of God. If you're born again, if you have this new spirit living within you, a new creation in Christ Jesus, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And just like all kingdoms, you have, you have the kingdom of, of, of the United States, you have the kingdom of the UK, you have the kingdom of Uganda, you have all these different kingdoms around the world, and there are ways that you are to operate in those kingdoms. Right? And there is a way that the children of God are supposed to be operating in His kingdom. His kingdom. And the way that we are to operate in His kingdom is in partnership with Holy Spirit. Because in partnership with Holy Spirit, then comes the supernatural ways of the kingdom. The supernatural ways of God manifest in our life. Um, the last 14 weeks has been moving us continually to this day. You didn't know that. We were going somewhere with this. All the, the last 14 weeks was just... just Wetting your appetite of, 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 of why it is so good to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why it is so good to, to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Why it's so beneficial to, ha to, to pray in the Spirit. The goodness of God, the life of God. And all, these last 14 weeks has, has br brought us to this pinnacle moment of this Sunday, of this day. Just a re re reminder, I mean, 14 weeks is a long time. I mean, we, we started out talking about the, super, the supernatural is for you today. The supernatural is for you, we talk, talked about. It's not for the super dupers. It's not for the pastor. It's not for the TV evangelist. It's for the everyday in and out Christian that has to live in that world out there. And it's not just for in the church. It should be happening in the, in the highways, in the byways. It should be happening in the grocery store. It should be happening in your homes. These gifts of the, super, of the supernatural, the gifts of Holy Spirit, partnering with Holy Spirit. And we've seen that we don't have to be ignorant about this. And as a matter of fact, Paul wrote to the church of Corinth and says, I would not have you be ignorant. God does not want us to be ignorant on how to be spiritual. God does not want us to be ignorant about kingdom living and partnership and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And if we're ignorant, we have no excuse but ourselves. We spent 14 weeks de-ignorizing us. We also talked about you still have a flesh to deal with, right? Everybody, anybody run into that before? You have a flesh. And not everything that is called a move of God is a move of God. And we have to make sure that what, what we do is, is, is a, a true manifestation of the Spirit of God. And how do we know if it's a true manifestation of the Spirit of God? It's not a selfish thing. It's for the benefit of others. It's, it's, it's moved by love. Right? It magnifies Jesus. 
right? And then, and then we, we, we sing that Jesus is the center of everything that the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit points to Jesus. He, why? Because He is the author, He's the beginning, and He is the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Everything that involves you and God is found between those two bookmarks or bookends. It's between, it starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. You get outside of those two bookends, you're in trouble. It's all about Jesus. And then we got to be open. We got to be open to the unfamiliar, but not the unbiblical. Some things might seem weird. It might be unfamiliar to you. But as long as it's not unbiblical, then go with it. If it's, if it's moved by love, if it's not selfish, if it's focusing on Jesus, if it's bringing glory to God, then go with it. The problem with so many Christians is that we are so filled with pride and we lean to our own understanding that we do not acknowledge God in all our ways. We don't acknowledge God and allow God to have His will done in us. I mean, Jesus did some pretty unfamiliar things that, to me, I would say. I mean, have you ever licked your fingers and put it in someone's ears? Have you, have you ever spit in someone's eyes? Have you, have you ever made mud and put mud on someone's eyes? That seems pretty unfamiliar. But we see the results. See, that's the thing we can, we can, we can, we can, if it's a move of God, it has fruit attached to it. It has fruit to attach to it. It blesses people. It blesses people. And then, the, and then we, we, we learn about the gifts are for everyone. The gifts are for everyone. Don't get, when you receive Holy Spirit, you don't receive a gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive Holy Spirit. You receive all of Him. And the Holy Spirit is the one that chooses the gifts to operate. And the only way that you can have the gifts operate is if you're in fellowship with Him. If you're partnered with Him. If you're expecting Him. If you're a willing vessel to be used for the glory of God. You have all of the gifts because you have all of Holy Spirit. And then we've seen how the Holy Spirit, it flo He flows in love. Right? The love of God. He flows in love. And then He flo flo flows in light. Revelation. He enlightens us to the things of God. And He flows in life. Life. Wherever Holy Spirit flows, wherever He moves, it, it, it brings life. Eternal life. Resurrection life in us. I mean, these are good, good things. And then, we, and then Pastor Tom did a great message on getting familiar with the gifts. Understanding, just basic understanding and, and definitions of what the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And what it looks like when they operate. I mean, that would be a great Bible study for you. Take each nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and then go through the Bible and see... Find out as many as you can of places that, that, 
that, ha that th those gifts operated and flowed in. And then like we've seen last Wednesday, at Healing University, see those people operating those gifts and then start imagining you operating in those gifts. See yourself operating in those gifts. And then knowledge of things to, oh, no, how to judge a prophetic word, right? Again, we want it to be biblical. We want to protect the body of Christ, right? We don't want to be led astray. We don't want to have things be led astray just because of itching ears that we hear things that we want to hear. But we need to know how to biblically judge a prophetic word. And if we're, we're supposed to walk it out or toss it out, Right? And then, we, and then we talked about that the Holy Spirit is the wisdom of God. He's the wisdom of God. And He will show us things to come. He has supernatural knowledge that's available to us. Right? And, and, and how, how do we tap into that supernatural knowledge? Well, we talked about the benefits of speaking in tongues. The benefits of speaking in tongues. Again, that, that takes us back to are we filled with pride? Do we lean to our own understanding? Or do, are we acknowledging God? Are we operating in faith in what God has said? That when, that when you speak in an unknown tongue, you, you do not speak to man, but you speak to God. And in the Spirit, you speak mysteries. Right? We have the ability to pray the wisdom of God into our spirit and have our spirit reveal to our souls, our minds, the will of God. Right? It says that it, it empowers us. It edifies us. It literally, it's like, it's, it's, it, to, to, to liken it to something in our day, it, it's like taking jumper cables and putting it on a battery and charging a battery. That's what, whole, that's what praying in the Holy Ghost does. It, it, it keeps us in the love of God. It keeps us in peace. And then we've seen last, last week that eternal life is our personal relationship with God. Our personal relationship, we are connected to God through Holy Spirit. We have a direct line to God Almighty. And people, the church doesn't understand this. You want to know why I know? Because I've heard, growing up in the church, and I've even said it because I heard it, we're going to bombard the gates of heaven tonight. We're going to pray in our prayers. We're just going to bombard the gates of heaven. Or do you hear someone else say, well, man, it just seems like my prayer life, it seems like they just fall to the floor. It seems like they don't even get past the ceiling. Well, first of all, if you're going to bombard the gates of heaven, you're, you're, you're not even close to the throne of God. Why would you want to be at the gates of heaven? He's sitting on the throne. And who cares if your prayers, if you don't feel that your prayers are getting through the ceiling, if they're just falling to the ground, they don't have to get any higher than your nose. Because Holy Spirit lives in you. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know, sometimes I, I think, you know, 
that, you know, the, the disciples argued about who, who was going to stand on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. And Jesus says, it's not for you. To, to, it's not for me to decide. It's up to the Father. And you know what the Father, it seems to me that the Father says, we all get to. You're sitting next to Jesus in heavenly places right now. Through the Spirit. We all get to. That's awesome. But you're connected to God through Holy Spirit. And you say, you're thinking, so, Chad, I, how can that be? I don't understand. I don't understand it. Oh, yeah? Well, how can, how can you be on your phone and be connected to all this information that's out there? How can that be? Do you understand that? No, but you use it. Don't you? You use it. Well, we're tapped into something even greater. We're tapped into God Almighty, but we don't use it. We have an intimate, personal relationship with God. And this is what it means. This is the supernatural life. This is what it means to be living in the kingdom, kingdom living, and being in partnership with Holy Spirit. The key to having all, and, and the key to having all these benefits working in you in this life is this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit. This is the key. This is the doorway into the supernatural. This is God's will for you. It's His will for all of us. And as you're sitting here, you're probably thinking, well, Chad, I've been baptized. I've been baptized, so I'm all set, right? Not exactly. Not exactly. Let me explain. See, the writer of Hebrews, he tells the readers that by now, by now that they, they should have left the elementary principles of Christ and moved on. Let's, let's read it here. In, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the, the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. If this speaks of the church today, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, a person that needs milk needs someone else to digest the food for them and then they receive it from somebody else. You understand that? The key to this whole thing to see if you're mature and if you're using solid food, it says, by reason of use. They're walking in the Word. They're walking in the truths of God. They're walking in the faith of God. They have trained their mind, their senses, to be controlled by Jesus, the Word, and not by their situations. It goes on to say in, in chapter 6, this is just flowing right into chapter 6. Verse 14 was the last verse of 15. Now we're going, I don't want to think I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. 
It's right in order. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. And what I want to highlight for today, for this teaching today, is that one of the elementary principles of Christ is a doctrine of baptisms. Did you catch that? It's a doctrine of baptisms, not baptism. Because I didn't say it correctly, one has an S on the end and one doesn't. It's plural, not singular. So right now, ask yourselves, do you know what all these baptisms are? These are elementary teachings, principles of Christ. And if you're sitting here thinking, I only know one baptism. Well, the writer of Hebrews says there's plural, baptisms. And if he says there's baptisms, and you only know about one of them. One of you guys are wrong. And I think I'm going to go with the writer of Hebrews. That he's right. And we, you should too. Amen? So that should, that should get you thinking, right? You should be thinking, what are these baptisms? Well, first of all, what is baptism? What does the word baptism mean? I mean, I, I, I share this a lot here, so you guys should know. Do not do me wrong, right? John the Baptist, right? His last name wasn't Baptist, just in case you were wondering. That's the Greek word that it's actually pronounced baptizio or baptizo or something that way. Baptizo? You got it. And <laughs> I, can, I can barely speak English. That's why praying in the Holy Ghost is so much fun. I, I, can, I don't have to worry about what I'm saying. But uh, um, so the reason why they did that, they 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 left it, that Greek word in there, is because if if they translated it into English, he would be called John the Dipper or the John the Dunker. Right? John the Baptist sounds a lot better than John the Dunker. Right? Because baptism means to submerge. To submerge into something. They would say that when they dyed garment, garments, they were baptizing garments. What they would do is they'd take white linen garments, they would dunk it, submerge it into the dye, which would, could be purple, could be crimson, could be different colors. And they submerged it into that dye, and the dye would infuse the garment, and when they pulled the garment out, the garment would have the dye in it. It would be one. <laughs> it would be one. 
There's other terms the Bible uses that use like joined, welded, engrafted, married. Talking about becoming one. So when you're baptized, you're being submerged into something and you're becoming one with the thing that you are being baptized into. Right? So this is just a foundation principle of God. There's multiple baptisms. And if you don't know about them, guess what? You're going to know today. So the very first baptism is the baptism by Holy Spirit into Christ. Look at 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, it says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Who is the one doing the baptizing? Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit, in this instance, in this baptism, Holy Spirit is the one that's baptizing. Do you know that you've been, that Holy Spirit has baptized you into something? Are you born again this morning? Have you confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life? Do you believe that He ascended and is seated on the right hand of God, the Father? Then you've been baptized by Holy Spirit. Because what does it say that Holy Spirit, who is the baptizer in this instance, what does He baptize, baptize us into? The body of Christ. You've been submerged into Christ. I've been submerged into Christ. I've been dunked. I've been taken down into who He is. Your spirit man, who you are, that lives inside of you, lives and dwells in Christ. That's awesome. That's almost too good to believe. They should call that the gospel. You have been submerged. You have been baptized into Christ by Holy Spirit. I cannot baptize you into Christ. Only Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. I, I did a teaching a while ago that you don't have to be baptized to be saved, but you have to be baptized to be saved. You have to have this baptism to be saved. So, so the Holy Spirit is the one that's doing the baptism. He's baptizing in us into something, which is Christ, the body of Christ. We are, being, we are submerged into Christ Himself. So, so when we are born again, Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one Spirit with Him. How are you joined to the Lord? Did you join yourself to the Lord? Thank God you didn't. Because we'd always be unjoining ourselves. There are, there are places that you would go that if, we, if, if it was up to us, we'd disjoin ourselves. <laughs> but because you weren't the one that joined yourself to, to Jesus, 
Jesus never leaves you, never forsakes you. Holy Spirit has joined you to Christ. He has joined us to the one Spirit with Him. And if you want a fun little study, go back and look at the context of this verse. The context of this verse, can you guys handle some Bible? It's Paul talking to the Corinthians about being joined to a harlot. And he's saying, don't you know that you are the body of Christ? Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? How can, some, how, how can you take someone that's been joined to Christ and then join them to a harlot? And he's saying that those that do that, do it with Christ. Because Christ, even in the midst of our sin, will not leave us and will not forsake us. We are one with Him, sealed forever by Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. He says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Awake to who you are. That you're one spirit with Christ. And He lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's things that, that some people would get awful upset if they did. If we did in a church. they get upset if we changed the carpet. Right? We might rip these pews out one day and get some more comfortable chairs. We might get upset about that. We get upset about all these different things. You know, it, 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 a kid can run up here on the stage, some churches, and they'd get upset. That's holy ground. People get upset. And Holy Spirit doesn't even live in this place. He lives in you. And we allow our bodies to do things and we don't get upset about them at all. But yet He never leaves you. He doesn't forsake you. He's there in the midst of temptation and trials and, per and persecution and storms of life to be your answer, to be your empowerer, to let His abundance of grace flow in your life. Amen? Here's the depths of that baptism. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in Him, talking about Jesus, you want deep things? Here's a deep thing for you. Here's the thing that makes your brain smoke. Here's the thing that if it, if it wasn't in the Bible, I wouldn't dare to say. Here's some things that you don't believe. And I don't know if I fully have grasped the depths of this. It says, for in Jesus dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Can you grasp, grasp that? That's saying that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen all of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, He looks like Jesus. Jesus had it all. It's all in Him. Right? You can grasp that, right? But because of this baptism, look what it goes on to say. And you, now who's he talking about? You. You are complete in Him. Who is the head of all principality and power. Now this needs some amplification. This needs some enlightenment here. 
We need to understand what does it mean that, that we are complete in Him. We are in Him. How did we get in Him? How did we get in Him? We were baptized by what? Holy Spirit. We got in Him. Look at how the Amplified Version amplifies the Greek words here. Again, for in Him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Right? You want to know what God's like? What's, what, what is His divine nature like? Look to Jesus. We understand that, right? And you are in Him made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and have reached full spiritual stature. You are complete. Where are you complete at? In your spirit. Your spirit that was what? Born again and baptized. Baptized into what? By who? Holy Spirit. And He is the head and ruler and authority of every angelic principality and power in you. He is our ruler. He's our king. I know. Like I said, I would not dare to say anything like this if it wasn't in the Bible. That's how deep this baptism goes. This is how complete it is. How can you ever feel condemned another day in your life? How, 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 how can we not be filled with joy unspeakable? Because we are, we, we, we are complete in Him. We are one with Him. I'm in Christ and I'm not coming out. Amen. So we have that baptism, the baptism of Holy Spirit Baptizing us into Christ Himself. We have been made one spirit with Him. And then you have the baptism by disciples into water. Look at Matthew 28.19. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So here, a believer is being baptized into water. Right? And who, who is the one that performs this baptism? A disciple of Jesus. The last one, Holy Spirit does the baptizing, right? Here, you get to. You get to baptize people. It doesn't have to be a preacher. It doesn't have to be a priest. It just has to be a disciple of Jesus. The Bible teaches that anyone that's a believer in Christ Jesus can baptize another believer in, in water. Right? If there's water and they believe, you can dunk them. Water baptism, what water baptism is an outward proclamation of an inward work. See, you get water baptized, not when you're a baby. You get water baptized, well, when you're a baby in Christ. You get water baptized after Holy Spirit has already baptized you into the body of Christ. This is proclaiming, this is showing the world. See, see the world can't see your spirit being 
submerged into Christ. So this is a declaration to the world, showing the world what happened to you. And, and, and this baptism is that outward proclamation of this inward work that Holy Spirit did. And this symbolizes our co-death, our co-burial, and our co-resurrection in Christ Jesus. You're, you're dead in your sins and your trespasses. You're in Adam. You die in Christ and go into the grave. And because Christ raised from the dead, He is the firstborn, right? Of many brethren. You come out of that grave, no longer with grave clothes, but with the, um, the robes of righteousness. And you are raised in Christ Jesus in resurrection life. We are baptized. We baptize people on the water just to proclaim a public proclamation of the truth, the faith that we have experienced in the Spirit. That's awesome. That's good. Right? It gives people a chance to... It's the Gospel. It gets, it's sharing the Gospel with people. That the old man is dead, the new one's alive. Got a great message called Ding Dong, the witch is dead. That old witch is dead. And now you are alive in Christ Jesus. You are in Him. Water baptism is acknowledging that the old man, your old nature is dead. It's dead. It's dead, 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 dead. Dead. Don't pick it up again. Don't try to... You know, what religion does is they, they take their old dead man and put some perfume on it, put some makeup on it, put a nice suit on it, and then walk around in this old dead man and, tr and try to look holy. Try to look righteous. No, you leave it the, the dead man dead. And you walk in resurrection life. You walk in the newness of life. Some people say, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You're either saved by grace in the newness of life or you're an old sinner. You understand that? Some people think, well, we got two natures. You know, they're so worried about new age in the church. It's been people talk about new age all the time. The yin and the yang. Everybody's got a black dog and a white dog. Everybody has a little black in them, and everybody has a little white goodness in them. No. If you're born again, you are all good. You are complete in Him. There is there is no. There is no old man. There is no black dog that, that you got to starve. No, it's dead. Dead things don't eat. And we need to renew our minds to that truth. So, right, there's two baptisms. We got two baptisms. The first baptism is that we are baptized in the, into the body of Christ by Holy Spirit. The second baptism we sing was that we are baptized into water by a what? Disciple of Jesus. Right? So you need both of those. You should be you should you should be baptized in both of those. So is that it? No. There's another one. 
There is the baptism by Jesus into the Spirit. Wait a minute, Chad. I thought we just did that one. No, that was the Spirit into Jesus. Now this is Jesus into the Spirit. This is the baptism that opens up our understanding. This is the baptism that gives us revelation to the Word of God. It, it, it makes the things of, of God easy to understand and to see. It is, it is the doorway to the supernatural. It is the doorway to supernatural living. It's the doorway to the gifts of the Spirit. And it's accompanied by supernatural power of God. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I indeed, this is John the Baptist here, John the Dunker, John the, the Submerger. John the Baptist says, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance. Do you know something? You do not, when you're baptized, understand, you do not get baptized into John's baptism. Baptism, John's John's baptism is not the baptism, water baptism that we get. A lot of people don't even know that. His is into repentance. It, it's them trying to have their sins washed away. Our sins aren't washed away. They, 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 we haven't been cleansed. We've been killed. We died to our sins. And we resurrected to new life. We are baptized into Christ, not into some kind of Religious spiritual water for cleansing. Do you understand that? He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There's two baptisms actually here. You, you're baptized in the Spirit and you're baptized in the fire. A lot of people throw that into one. And they concentrate on the fire. They concentrate on the fire. No, it's not the fire that we want to be baptized into. We want to be baptized into the Spirit. Because the fire is to burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In the Bible, Paul talks about that, how every man's works will be judged by, with fire. Right? Some of us are going to come into heaven smelling smoky. Right? There's a, there's a, there, the world is going to be baptized in fire. And everything that is not of God, of Christ, will be done away with. Praise the Lord. Amen? We want to be baptized in the Spirit. Because the Spirit is eternal. The Spirit are the things of God. Right? You, 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 look, you, you look at every other reference as, as we move forward in this. It, it never brings up fire again. Except the, the condensations that things that are going to be judged through fire. In Luke chapter eleven thirteen, If you then, being evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So this is, in context, this is Jesus talking. And He's talking about a son 
right? A son asking for something from the, his father, right? It could, it could be a daughter asking something from his fa her father, right? So here's the question. If we receive all of the Spirit we need at the new birth when we're born again, why would Jesus instruct a born-again child of God to ask the Father for Holy Spirit if they already have Him in the fullness? I don't think you guys follow. If when you're born again, Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ and you are one Spirit with Him, why then would Jesus instruct us to ask God to, bap to give us the Holy Spirit? Because there must be more. And it's this third baptism we're talking about. If, if you already have all of Holy Spirit when you're, when you're born again, why would you need to ask for, for Holy Spirit from the Father? See, this is the third baptism by Jesus that Jesus does. Jesus is the baptizer here. Jesus baptizes into the Spirit, and, and it can only be received by a child of God. So since this can only be received by a son, since this only can be received by a daughter, it has to happen after salvation. A lost person can ask and receive Jesus Christ but they can't ask for the baptism into the Spirit until they're born again. Right? You need to receive the first baptism into Christ before you can receive the third baptism of the Spirit. Or it can be the second. Water baptism, again, you don't have to be baptized to be born again, to go to heaven, but you have to be baptized to go to heaven. And we have seen we we've seen this in earlier we we have we have seen this in earlier teach, teachings. Um, the Gospel of John makes a, cl a clear distinction between these two baptisms. Remember this in John chapter four, verse fourteen. This is Jesus talking again. He says, "But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life." Jesus says that if you drink from Jesus. If you receive from Jesus, there is a spring of water. There's a fountain of water that will spring up from within you for it to everlasting life. Right? But then Jesus says this in John, in John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Flow rivers of living water. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. One is a spring within. The other is flowing from without. It's flowing out of you. Now what is these rivers of living water that are, are to flow from you? We, isn't it great that we don't have to guess? It says in verse 9, But this He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive. So when do you receive this rivers of living water? After you believe in Him. 
you, would, you receive it after you believe. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So you have the, Jesus talks about rivers within, or, or fountains within, and rivers flowing out. And both of them are by the Spirit. We are baptized into eternal life, into that fountain. We're baptized into Jesus. And Jesus baptizes us into Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit flows out from us. The baptism opens the door. The baptism of Holy, into Holy Spirit opens the door to the supernatural. Holy Spirit coming upon you. Kingdom living is about walking and flowing in Holy Spirit. Jesus told His disciples that this baptism was essential for kingdom living. Look at Acts 1. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, you have heard from me. For truly, for, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He kind of he quotes John. He says, This promise is coming. I have a question for you. Were the disciples saved here? Was, was, was Jesus resurrected from the dead? Did they believe in him? Did they confess that he was? God, that He was Lord. So they were born again, but Jesus is saying, there's a promise of Holy Spirit coming. There's a promise of Holy Spirit coming. In verse 8 it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And again, Jesus command, look at Jesus' command in Luke 24, verse 40. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus didn't want the disciples to do anything before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't want any, them to do anything until they not only had the fountain of living waters within, but that they have rivers of living water coming from them without. You know, as we discussed two weeks ago, when we taught on the benefits of praying in tongues, one of the primary evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the, the, that all received a new spiritual language that the Bible calls speaking in other tongues. This is a benefit to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you did, if you did not listen to the, what the Bible teaches on, on the benefits of speaking in tongues, you're missing out. It is a You cannot live a victorious, you can live a Christian life, but you can't live a victorious Christian life without praying in the Spirit. Without tapping in to the mysteries of God. Without tapping in to the, super, the supernatural ability. And listen, listen, this, is, this, this isn't a salvation thing. This is in this world thing. You know, when Jesus comes back and makes everything right, we won't speak in tongues no more? 
It's for us in this world. It's for victorious living in this world. It's for you. It's a gift from God. Man, it's a gift from God. Does God give good gifts? How many grandparents have bought a gift for their grandkids and you thought, this is a good gift, and the grandkids, you just, they rejected it. How, that, how does that make you feel? How does it make you feel when you give a gift for somebody and they reject it? How does Holy Spirit, how does God the Father, how does Jesus feel when he has this, this gift for you? This gift that he paid a huge price for. And we say, I don't need it. I don't want it. It's for you. It's not for the super dupers. It's for every believer in Christ Jesus. It's yours. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the words to say you have to speak them. How do you know if you're praying in the, in, in the Holy Spirit? You don't know what you're saying. You're saying words or sounds that you do not know what they are. And if you're not willing to speak out your mouth things that you do not understand, you will never, ever, ever speak with tongues. You have to humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God and let Him exhaust you. You must get rid of the pride and, you, and, and be a fool for Jesus. But in your foolishness, He confounds the wise and He gives strength to the weak. He gives refreshing and joy and peace. Amen? And not only, not only... I, I, we don't have time to go to these. We shared these scriptures with you before, but in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, we've seen that Paul was baptized. He received Holy Spirit, right? He was born again, and he received Holy Spirit. And it says that Paul said about himself, I speak with tongues more than you all. So we know that when he, because he was baptized, he speaks with tongues. In, in, in Acts chapter 10, verse 45, you see the Gentiles, Right, the Gentiles that they were born again at, at uh, um, Cornelius Cornelius's house, and after they were born again, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with under tongues and prophesied. They spoke with tongues, and it confounded the Jews because they didn't they didn't think it was for the whole world. They thought it was just for them. And then and then and then Paul found some Ephesian believers. And Paul was sharing the gospel with them and talking with them. And, and, and he asked them if they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said, we didn't even know that there is a, bat a Holy Spirit. And he says, well, what baptism were you baptized into? And they said that we were baptized into John's baptism. Well, they weren't even supposed to be baptized into John's baptism. And he says, so he, he, he baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they, re and then they received the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues. Right there, they received the first, and they received water baptism. They were already believers. They were already believers. So they were 
baptized into Christ, but they just didn't have knowledge of the rest. And, and Paul came and explained everything to them. They were water baptized, and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke with tongues. This is supernatural living. This is the way of the kingdom. This is what God has planned for the body of Christ. And in this third great awakening, we need to tap back in to this everyday walk in Holy Spirit, this revelation knowledge that we have, the power of God, signs, wonders, miracles. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the will of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the will of God for you. The question is, have you received the baptism of the Spirit? Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? For this is the way of the king, kingdom. This is supernatural living. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to close. We're going to close in song. And, and a, a, as, as we sing, I want you to spend some time with Holy Spirit, with God. And ask Him, Lord, do I, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want, you to, I want the Holy Spirit to lead you into all truth. Holy Spirit, do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you want me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And as we, as we sing, I want you to spend some time talking with God and then when we get done, we're going to have an opportunity for all those that want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to minister. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to see, the, see you receive this gift from heaven, this gift of God. Amen. And right now, I just want to, you know, we're about to close on our live stream. And if you're sitting at home, why are you sitting at home? You should be here. But anyways, there is no distance in God. It's a free gift from the Father. And Jesus wants to baptize you into Holy Spirit. You can sit at home right now and you can pray and, and ask God or ask Jesus to baptize you in Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Um, I, I, but I strongly encourage you to get, get connected to a body of Christ where you can continue to be edified, built up, and more importantly, be a gift. Right? We are a gift to one another. We are, we are to serve one another. We are, we are all a gift to each other in the body of Christ. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the gift of Holy Spirit. We thank you that we are not left powerless in this world. But you have empowered us from on high through Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus baptizes us into Holy Spirit, so how can it, we go wrong? Lord, we know that if we ask for Holy Spirit, you will not give us anything but Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you are going to do in the members of this church individually, and because of what happens to them individually, it's going to catapult us in, 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 as a body of one and unity of the Spirit of God. 
We love you, we praise you, and we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisnt.